0: Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast.
1: Makes me that much stronger, makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser, makes me Guys make in three,
2: two, and one, and welcome to Fight Club. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hey, welcome to Fight Club. We are lost without Tay. Tay's missing today, but we are going to all step in and say welcome to Fight Club. We are a group of self-employed industry experts that are in the home service industry here to help serve your business. So I'm going to start out and introduce myself. Usually it would be Tay, and she talks about marketing. But I'm Michelle, co-owner of Pink Collars, and am super excited to have Darius here I live in the Northern Virginia area, so I have a lot of intel on his company, and I am thrilled to have you today, uh, Darius. We're going to talk all things systems, and so while I've got you, can you introduce yourself and tell the listeners who you are and where you're coming from?
0: Sure. My name is Darius Livers. Uh, grew up here, or grew up overseas, but uh, ever since gone to the heating and air conditioning field and the home, home services field, grew up in Northern Virginia. Uh, been at the company here, uh, FH Fur, for 21 years. Uh, grew up and started as a uh, corporate advisor in sales for about 10 years, then went into uh, sales management, and then more recently in the last six years running operations for the company. So really got to, you know, a journey to hopefully enlighten some of you, some viewers out there, and give you a little bit of insight as to my uh, roadmap, and maybe that can help propel some of you from where I came into the company to where we are today. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
3: Oh, awesome. awesome. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. Uh, I got to meet Darius uh, in Phoenix a couple months ago. And I mean, I don't think I've laughed so hard in a really long time. My side was like in stitches. And then I maybe sort of stalked you at the coffee bar the next day. But I am so happy to have you on the show. My name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. And basically what it means is I make accounting fun and easy, uh, whether you want to do it yourself or you want to outsource it to me and my team. I also own Likes Accounting Company, a full-service accounting company, and I co-own Jeff Likes Clean and Gutters in Northern California with my husband, Jeff, and I'm happy to be back on Fight Club. I'm sad to be missing Tay. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you all were having a party in Florida
1: just, just last week with Tay. Huh? We were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I we were. We were. Yeah, Tay is in. uh, She's at Disney World today. So uh, Mm, very rough life. Yeah, she's uh, having a rough time. Um, My name's Martha Woodward, and I am a former absentee owner of a maid service. I had that for many, many years, and I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software, and. My mission is helping people build happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club and welcome, Darius. Thank
0: you.
2: Okay. So Tay usually starts us out, but I'm going to play Tay today. And she talks about marketing. And if you live in the Northern Virginia region, you are pummeled, I would dare say, (laughs) by this marketing piece, likely one of my favorite pieces ever the back of the truck with the guy that looks as if he is in the truck waving at you. Tell us about this as a marketing tool and how FH Fur came up with this awesomeness because we see these trucks everywhere. Um, so give us some insight onto how this happened, please.
0: <laughs> so this is something that uh, back in the uh, uh, late 90s, uh, the, co- you know, the founder and, and president uh, Floyd Fur, uh, still the uh, primary owner of the company, him and his wife owned own the company. And uh, he came up with that idea after, after, after seeing something, actually uh, uh, something that he saw in Europe on an advertisement that inspired him to put himself <laughs> out there uh, for a couple of reasons. One, if I'm out there, there's a level of trust that I'm actually using my picture and putting it out there to let people know that if they go with me, that uh, we represent integrity and, and our tagline was being absolutely the best. So he wanted that to be out there. And then he wanted to be catchy, right? That people uh, look at it. oh my goodness. And at night, it kind of reflects so uh, you know, you, you may think someone's falling out the back of that truck. Yes, exactly. Three, uh, two or three times, and that kind of exactly. gi- gives it a little bit of a of, of a spinoff. But uh, yeah, all of our trucks now we've gone to a for uh, the majority of our newer trucks to a animated version. Um, uh, you know, just no. times. But yes, it's, uh, it's it's nice and it's unique. Um, but yes, it, it's something that certainly "Call the Guys in the Back of the Truck" has stayed with our company. We still use the same slogan. We still use the same promotions. Um, and it, it, it has been a support. If there's nothing else that you know, just like you had mentioned, uh, it's the guy on the back of the truck. Is it, are you the company with that guy on the back of the truck? Yeah. <laughs> we're here more than anything else. So, yeah, it's been a great, uh, a great branding play and, and, and certainly has stood the test of time for the company.
2: Yeah. Well, what I love about it is that it's different for every style of truck, right? So if it's a box truck, it looks like a box truck, the image behind him. If it's a transit van, it's a transit van behind him. So it's very, it's photographed very strategically for the exact piece of uh, the exact uh, uh, car that is going down the road or vehicle that's going I'm, down the road. I'm I'm waiting for him to come crawling out of like the trunk of some sort of a sales car next. Like I'm waiting for this, right? Because it's so fun and innovative. Um, In addition to that, you guys have a jingle um, and you do a lot of print ad. You do a lot of, I think radio ads because I have this jingle stamped in my brain and you do a lot of television advertising. And it's really fun because all the jingle is super simple people, not crazy fhfur.com, right? Yep, it's just a music right. to the URL. That's it. There's nothing else. There's no. It's just the
0: closing. Yeah.
2: It's it's yeah. crazy, but honestly, it's like stamped in all of our brains. Tell yeah. me if you know the origin of that or how that kind of kind of came about, because I just love that too.
0: To, to be honest, I I don't know the origin. I think it just came about through just interacting with someone in the office because we had some kids that were here and, and naturally. We get a lot of people posting that now with, you know, fh uh, with mm-hmm. the jingle. Uh, we have people submitting that in because we do, a, we do a lot of community uh, uh, marketing. So we're involved with the schools and uh, middle schools and high schools in the, in the region. So we get that. And we, we, a lot of times we'll use that in some of our promotion material or just some of our YouTube videos and what have you Just have some fun with it. Um, but the origins, I don't know. I think it just came about and then we decided just to put it in there at the, at the tagline at the end of our, of our uh, advertisements.
2: But what a smart and innovative thing to do, right? Like give it to your customers so that they can give it back to you, right? As sort of sure. an easy way to do marketing. Um, how do you encourage people to do the FHFIR.com slogan? Or is it just sort of like one of those viral local things? How do you do that?
0: So, so w- w- where, where it initially started was we, start, we started uh, uh, partnering up with a company just for our, our reputation management and, and really just our branding, once again, of our existing uh, service agreement customers. We started sending customers, uh, you know, candy or cookies or different gifts, uh, you know, post a service call. And uh, with mm-hmm. that, you know, thank you card and, and, and what have you. But then when we do our follow-up calls, a lot of times uh, we ask if our customers are willing to just submit a, a, a short, uh, you know, 10-second video and that we'll post <laughs> it. And then uh, we'll recognize them on a, on a, on a monthly posting. But, and then they'll send in their kids eating these cookies and saying, thank you, FH Fur. You know, <laughs> we have heat or our plumbing's working or whatever the yeah. case may be. So, and then we just utilize that. And when we post that, it, it kind of gets that uh, uh, going. But we also have a community, you know, strategist that goes out to the events, uh, the fairs and to the schools and, and hosts a booth and, and just gets with the kids and just kind of uh, uh, keeps things like giving away some gifts there, you know, for the, for the kids, sunglasses and things of that nature. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, just so we can help uh, brand. We moved uh, more towards branding over the last six, seven years than, than direct campaigning. And uh, we think it's yeah. worked for us in our market, right? So it's, it's just a very yeah. diverse market. It's a very in our space. Uh, there's a lot of companies, uh, a lot of competition in our market. Uh, so instead of trying to compete for that, uh, that that same token that everyone's competing with, we just wanted to be different and, and just you know recognize our name. If you have a thought and you need something, we're here to serve you.
2: Yeah. Okay. You said two words, the person's title, community strategist, community,
0: yeah. what is it? Co- uh, community strategist, uh, her actual title, I have to look it up. That's yeah. what I call her, because that's what she does. She strategizes yeah. to, to, to get us involved with the communities and where to put, where to place us, uh, where to get involved, and, and getting our other employees involved, which is the hardest part, uh, yeah. right? Is, is any any of these endeavors is getting your own people to go on a Saturday and do something, or to participate in the charity or yeah. fundraiser, and, and these yeah. different things. So she's not just a strategist externally; she's an internal yeah. strategist to actually bring our employees and awareness around what we're doing, and then guilt them in a little bit to getting, <laughs> getting, getting helping us, right? Uh, that, that, well, that that's really she... the strategy yeah
2: it sounds like she finds the who not how right so she gets the people involved because then the who is going to fix that for your company like you said whether internally or externally that's so cool i am i am dying to hear more about the community strategist because i think that's a a goal that all home service businesses should have how can you get your business to a size where you can afford somebody like that that can just really be the cheerleader in your your service area so i'm obsessed with that one that one's my takeaway so um i am going to pass you on to megan to talk about money she might be able to talk about how you can afford somebody like that um (laughs) but thank you so much darius you're super cool i i am super excited to talk to you more about systems when we go back around and i actually play myself so see you in a minute
3: (laughs) oh i told you this is gonna be fun okay so I have still been thinking about the talk that you gave in November and I think it was like a 30 minute talk, but I mean, first of all, I had to figure out what the talking stick was because of your talk. I did not, it's not a commercial for that, but I was like, no. I, that took me forever to figure out what was going on. Uh, we're not going to go there today though. Okay, so yeah. the thing was you shared some very quick off the cuff tricks to selling things easier. And we never talk about sales on Fight Club and we know that that's like a flaw, but it's I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit harder for us. We have our roles and we all stay in our roles. And so when we have a sales guy on, I just get excited. Can you go through some of your favorite strategies when it comes to sales? Um, And maybe keeping in mind that a lot of the people listening right now are in seasonal businesses. And so they're just getting ready to ramp up for spring season, right? They're Mm -hmm. just getting ready for like this big rush to come the next six to eight weeks. And if they could take away like three cool strategies for when they're on the phone with customers or when they're in front of customers, I think that would be a huge win for today's show. So do you mind sharing some of your favorite, favorite do's sure. and don'ts of being in a sales conversation with a customer?
0: Well, there's definitely a lot of do's and don'ts, uh, more, more don'ts than do's quite frankly. Uh, we <laughs> talk ourselves out of uh, sales and and, 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 and kill them more frequently than, you know, we resurrect them. So what, what I would say if I was coming in, you know, smaller business and keep in mind when I started at FH for, uh, we were only a, a $4 million company. I say only, not to say that if just one of that or, or larger, but that for, versus where we are now, that, that was a, a long time ago. And but, wait, and I,
3: where are you now? Just so we have... So, that uh, in
0: 2021, uh, we did 92. 92 uh,
3: million. So from yeah. 4 to 92, it's a pretty wild ride, I bet.
0: It's a wild ride, and and, and and I've been here the whole ride, so I got to see what we did to reach those different milestones and to break through those different layers, that those, those basic canopies that every business has, like if you're in one type of business that one to two million mark might be the mark that most companies don't penetrate. If another type of business that might be five million, ten million, and quite frankly, within your business, you hit the you, you hit those thresholds again, those ceilings again and again. And if you don't make changes, you won't get through that threshold or you won't get through that ceiling. I've I've noticed that and I've seen that in so many businesses. But regardless of where you are, we we all know uh, you know you got to market the lead. Great, Michelle's going over that. You know you got to get the gut phone ringing or you got to get the leads coming in. Uh, then you got to have the the, the processes. And the people to, to, to make sure you book those leads and, and, and make sure that that process is easy to you know, make it easy for a customer to do business with you but then you got your people that go out they have got to make the sale. someone's got to make a sale somewhere uh for your business to exist so whether you're doing outside sales phone sales uh and, and in the home services majority of the listeners will do one or both or, or both uh you know whether it's uh, uh, over the phone sales or it's going to be uh, in-person sales and usually it, it is both in our in our world so um, there's a few things that, that I will say propelled us faster um, and got us through the, the, these ceilings, uh, should I say, than others, right? Uh, and, and, they, and they involve sales, but uh, some it's an individual and some is, 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 the, is the group. From a, from, from a manager or an operator standpoint, from an owner standpoint, the, the first thing I would do is make sure that all of your sales and your numbers are transparent. Uh, if you don't know what the score is, your people cannot w- roll to achieve them. You have to have goals you got to make sure you're transparent with all of your numbers. You've got to go over your numbers in every meeting. Part of your regular agenda, whether it's a huddle or a weekly meeting, are numbers. Don't hide from the numbers. Don't hide from individuals that aren't succeeding with the numbers. Uh, you know, Celebrate the people that are having wins, but at the same time, make it known that it's, it's it's OK to not have a good week. It's OK not to have a good month. But collectively, it's not OK as a team to, to, to not be achieving those numbers. So if you're not transparent with your numbers and you're holding them dear to you and you're hiding them from your employees. That's probably holding you back more than it is helping you. Uh, get transparency, even if it's a service number, you don't have to get into PLs and bottom line numbers, but just sales numbers, goals. I want to sell 20 of these this month. I want to do $10,000 worth of this this month. Um, I want my conversion to be, if you go to 10 calls, 50%. I want five things sold. Just real straightforward numbers that everyone can understand and that make that transparent in every meeting. But from a, from a coaching to your individuals that are in the let's field stop, or on the phone let's stop okay. for just
1: a
3: second i heard uh they're gonna sell like a a number of a thing right like Correct. 10 lawn care customers i don't know or 10 yeah. fertilizations or whatever yeah. and then they're also going to set a dollar amount for that goal of how much they're going to sell and then they're going to keep an eye on their conversion rate is that right. like top three sales kpis or do you have any others
0: for for, for, for basics if you're under under five million. I would start with things like that. Now, now keep in mind, you have a revenue goal for a department or a team. That may be just your gross revenue for that team. But within that, what are you trying to promote? What are you trying to add on that you're not getting right now? Right? If it's a if it's lawn service and you're not getting aerations done, or you only 20% of your customers are buying an aeration, or if you're doing a, a, a windows and, a, a, or siding, you know, what is your add on that you could, that you're not getting? Is there a service like a protection plan or something that's you're not actually getting with that? If it's, a, if it's a cleaning service, if there's a deodorizer uh, that you can upsell to that, you know, to shampoo the carpets with, I don't know the different businesses. What I do know is that everyone's got one or two things that they'd like to do more of, and they don't do a lot of it. So measure that one independently. That's your goal to add on to what you're already there. Everyone's there. Your shampoo company, you're going to go there, and you're going to sell cleaning something. That's why you're in the house. Uh, if you're landscaping, you're going to sell something that involves landscaping. But, uh, but there's always something more that maybe your company does that you're not getting enough of. So measure that separately. Take two or three items and measure that separately. As a company, we're going to get better at this. We're going to achieve this. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to share our wins and our stories. And if someone did four last week, how did you do it? Make it part of your culture, right? And and, and, and then you have your number for your department. We want to do 10,000 this week. Our weekly goal is 10,000. Where are we coming in? Who's going to achieve that? Well, How are we going to do it? This month? This week, we're at 7,500. Who's going to give me 2,000 this week? You're going to do it. Okay, great. You create that culture of achieving the, the goal that you have. And, and then of course, you, you 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 get into your conversion KPIs, which is more of a, of a management tool, but same thing. Our, we expect everyone in this room to be at 50%. You know, we're paying X amount for these leads, be transparent. It costs us $160 per customer to bring them in. We really need uh, you know, to convert about 50% to be able to pay you, pay this, cover the overhead. Be okay with that. That's just, we're running a business here and it's okay for your employees to know that there's costs involved to run that business and what their role is in doing that. Whether it's saving money or making money, everyone's got a role, right? You're just saving money, making money, or you're enhancing an experience. If you're not doing one of those three, you have no business being in the business, right? So if you're in a role that's in call center, your job is to help save me money, make it easy for my customer to book, increase your booking rate, make sure that we got the right technician going to the job. If you're a technician, your job is a service, make the sale, bring in the front line revenue. If you're in my warehouse and you're pulling parts, make it efficient to make sure all my techs have the right parts when they go out. Or we have the right materials the first time. Every one of the business should be making money, saving money, or or enhancing a customer experience. And you have you know maybe your market, is, is, is you have someone in there that's just working on your experience and making it a better company and a better and a more fun place to work and a better place for your customers.
3: Okay, that's you have to too. pause, yeah. like you have to yeah. breathe. That is so good. And I am the note taker, and I cannot type that fast. I type fast, but that is a lot. <laughs> okay, wow. I feel like that was a million gold nuggets just in a short amount of time. Now sure. let's let's pause. That was so good, and Martha is literally drooling. I can see her. You've said culture, and like I mean, there's so much joy coming from Martha. Okay, let's pause where we were, and let's go into your do's and don'ts of sales. You said yes. there are more don'ts than do's, yes. and um, I want to get this down. And I Michelle's going to give me the hook, and like so, so it's I, I sales.
0: I'll I'll talk about the the, the, the do's. You absolutely have to make your services affordable and. Megan, that was a major component of the of, of what I spoke about down in Phoenix. You gotta make your services affordable um, and don't get left behind and follow the lead of other service providers that are before you. If you want to increase your average ticket, if you want more add-on sales, if you want these young people that were are uh, recruiting and training to go out there and and, and and be able to perform, we've got to give them a platform under which they can make the services that you provide more affordable to the customer. Breaking it down in payments. I mean. Let's face it, even, uh, you know, Starbucks will break down what coffee costs per day, you know, how many pennies per day. And that's only something you're talking about that costs a few bucks. But why in the services, when we're selling things for hundreds and even thousands, do we not do that? Why do more service companies not do that than do that, right? You got to ask yourself, and that's because we get caught up in our own minds. You've got to make your services affordable. If you haven't partnered up with a third-party finance company to be able to say, Hey Mr. Customer, we can go and do this 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 and this and I'd love for you to do that and you don't have to make any payment with me today and quite frankly you don't have to pay it off for a year and if you pay it off within a year there's no interest. Would you like to go ahead and get started? You give your people tools like that to use no interest for a year or a low 7.99 fixed rate or a, a 18 months or a no payment uh, which is a great no payment no interest for 12 months which is you know they don't even have to make a single payment. There's so many different options out there, and as a service provider, in HVAC, 20 years ago, there was less than 5% participation in utilizing financing in any form. We're still not well beyond around 60, 65%, and this is 20 years later. We still have so many old school thinkers that not uh, uh, come into the times. You've got to make your services affordable. Accepting cash and credit card are not the only two forms of payment. You've got to get out of that, and you've got to train your people be able to utilize you know don't sell out of your own pockets It's not what i always say just because you wouldn't finance a 400 uh, a, a repair doesn't mean someone else was waiting with 400 cash to spend it on this and even if they had it what makes you think they want to spend it on something that doesn't it doesn't taste good it doesn't make them look good when they're driving down the road right or or in, in a form of entertainment a lot of what we sell isn't glamorous and it isn't fun and, and 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 hence we have to make it more affordable for our customers you know people buy what they want with cash you know, I'm uh, uh, sorry, you buy what they need with cash. You know, you need something, you've got to do it. But what, you buy what you want with payments, right? If you want something like a car, you'll buy a better car if you make it affordable. You'll, you, you can still get from A to B, but you might pay three times more just to have a better car because it's affordable to you. It's no different in, in our service world. They'll buy more add-ons, and they'll buy more services that maybe they don't need right away, but they want those things. They want the whole upstairs cleaned while they do the downstairs. They want the deck to be power washed if you're going to go ahead and power wash the outside. They want that extra filament that you put on the window that will you know, sustain it and make it last longer without dusting up or what have you. They want all these things, but you got to make it affordable. So I would say that would be your number one is to make your services affordable Number two is to make all your numbers trans, uh, 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 transparent you know, within, within the company. And number three really is to have some form of a sales process. And that may not be you know, where it's, it's, it's so good that you have to go out and buy it or, 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 or recruit someone to develop it for you. It's just to have a process of some sort. What you, what you do is you're scaling from 1 million to 2 million to 3 million is you have more and more people out there doing what you do. And they're all doing it differently. And when you do things differently, in so many ways, your results will vary and your consistency will fail. So identify what you do well in your company and what your top people do well and try to bring that and put the personality aside. What are they doing structurally? And try to put that down in writing somehow so that you're training on the structure in which when they get there, do they wear their booties? Do they walk up the driveway? Where do they park? How do they greet the customer when they open the door? Do they go straight to the basement? Do they go to the dining table? Do they engage with all the customers? people in the home what are they doing to be successful write those things down and pull the people that you have even if it's two or three people and try to structure a process to which here's what we do and you just make it better and better and as you grow it scales
3: right? okay so michelle might Ooh. have a if i don't pass you now but michelle you have to promise to ask yes. him for a sales script i think we could have darius sell us live in like 10 seconds uh, <laughs> I, I really want to hear that and you did not give your trick about the hundreds and the thousands and this, what yeah, you say you and guys how you know things. you thought
0: of making it affordable. So let me to hit, on, hit on that real please, quick. Okay. Please. And please.
3: Then, and then we're going to pass it to Michelle. And Martha's <laughs> like, I can't keep up. It's early. <laughs> I told you guys.
0: It's so, 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 one of the things that I learned very young is, is, is to use certain verbiage in a home. Um, and if you don't use the right verbiage, some people make things look real easy when they're in a the house and you try it and you, and you don't get the same results because it's not so much uh, the statement you're making as much as how you're saying it and the, and, and the way your mannerisms and of course the verbiage that you use. One of the things I learned and I trained throughout my company is to never use uh, the words hundreds, thousands, certainly you know, not 10,000, 15,000 or anything like that. Those words need to come out completely out of your vocabulary. Uh, we have shifted since and it doesn't matter if you're selling something that costs $260, $260 or let's say 265 right? Don't just say 265 It's 192, it's 427. So by breaking it into two segments, single or double digit, never more than two digits, uh, you're actually making the number smaller on that first millisecond of an interpretation of the price of your product. So when I say Mrs. Johnson, option A is gonna be 400, option B is 700 and option C is 1100 or 1100, oh my goodness, you've already lost me at the four, seven is way too much and now you're saying 1100, hold on, stop. Let me think about what's going Mm -hmm. on here. Let me see if I can afford this because I wasn't expecting to spend that kind of money uh, today. The average service call in our business, our customers only expecting to spend uh, on a survey that was done several years ago, somewhere between 240 and 270 on the high side, 240 to 270. If the first thing out of my mouth is 427, I'm already beyond that ceiling of, of average thought process of what my service should cost me today. To go beyond that, I've lost it. So if it's 10,723, we forget the 23, we just say it's ten-seven. Everyone knows what you're saying. When you buy a car and they say 42.6, they aren't saying $42.60. It's $42,600, but they say 42.6 because 42.6 is a much smaller number. But this is the real trick. It's the people that we're asking to go to the front line to provide these services to our customers. A lot of them haven't even bought services in the price range in which we are charging. They need an easier way to present pricing, so their confidence relays through their their, their price. It's not just it's their mannerisms. I can tell you it's only forty much easier than I tell you it's forty two thousand six hundred, right? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of my own price. So, but if you walk in and it, say, I can I can get that done over there for 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 you know one ninety six one ninety six. You know that's one hundred ninety six. Oh, that's only gonna be an extra two ten. Oh yeah, we can do that that and that. It's only gonna be seven forty. Right? And so they, they, they break it down to one and two digits. You teach that through your company. Results go up immediately because they can present on it much easier. It's The customer receives it better, but more importantly, the person pitching the pricing, no matter what it is, it makes it easier to come off their lips and with confidence. So you practice that in your company because we're all doing it now. We're out there. That's going to be Whoa, $496. Whoa! 496? That's a lot of money, you know, versus... It's only go- it's only going to be 496. And guess what? When you say "only" in front of it, it's easier to say "only 496." It's hard to say "only 496." That number is that long, right? Yeah, so you're right. It's, it's small details, it. but it changes everything. Believe me, your 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 conversion will go up 10 points just by 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 offering it on pay. If you, you adopt payments and you and you sell on utilizing uh, single and double digits and forgetting the words hundreds and thousands. I mean, I can't even imagine. Going out there and saying this system costs fifteen thousand seven hundred dollars, you're insane. Uh, to he's not.
3: It. He's you know? not lying. And as every listener out there, you're welcome because the next time you say hundred, you will cringe. And cringe. this happened to me for three months. Every but, hey, I, <laughs> it is so hard to like is. get it out of my system.
0: Well, and and I'll just add, I'll close this off with this. Do you really want the person selling you something to use hundreds and thousands. And I don't know if I use this example in, in Phoenix, but I had a deck being, uh, you know, getting an estimate on a deck for my house. And the guy was, 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 was naive. And he's definitely uh, not, not very well versed in sales, but he stood on my deck and he goes, well, that, Mr. Livers, that's going to be uh 14,710. And he fed right into me. I said, 14,710. That is in the opposite side. I rolled it right back to him and it made him scared. He's like, is that too much? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, too much. You know, anyway, I ended up getting the deck for un- under 10 grand. But the but the bottom line is, is that he, he did the mistake that I cringe that my people do because when you say it's gonna be 972 or not, you know, nine thousand and whatever, depending on what you're selling, you're giving the customer. Number one, you're inflating your own price, but then you're giving the customer a tool to use against you, saying that's too high. Right? But they can't say it's too high when you say only 142 or only (laughs) 610. I said only 610. Now, granted, some will still say that, but you're just you're you're playing the numbers, right? You're the numbers game of making it more affordable, more people, you'll gain more traction,
3: you'll gain more sales. Ah, I'm smiling. That was great. Okay, Michelle, I'm dying over here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so
2: one quick one quick clarification. If your pricing is like 11,000, how would you say that? 11 to 10?
0: Would you just yeah, leave you know, the 1000 all the way out because who cares about $10 when you're talking about 11,2? Yeah. And, and you, so it's 112. are talking, talking about 112 and the bottom line is, is is that they know you're talking 11,200. You're talking about something really big, right? They know it's not $11. What what could yeah. eleven two be It's like you're on the lot once again with a car and they say it's uh, uh, 12,7. You know that's 12,700. We all know this. It's, it's, It's built in because it's been there. We just never really paid any attention to it. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed.
2: Okay. Sales scripts. Do you have anything? Because I would imagine that you get a good amount of traffic in on the phone, right? I'm on your website now, so I can see your booking online. You have a chat application and you have a phone number. So you have three ways for your customer to reach you. I'm assuming then you add social media and all those things, right? So there's tons of traffic coming in. Yeah. Tell me what the f- average phone call kind of sounds like, or feels like. And then how many people does it take to run that big of a business? How many actual individuals are in the seat? Is there a magic number like this many million to this many individuals? Cause I think people are always wondering that as they start to scale, yeah. how many people should I actually have in my office? How can they actually get it done? So those two questions, let's start there, please.
0: Yeah. So you can do it by revenue, but it's easier to do it by field personnel. Right, so yeah. we have one CSR agent for every eight to ten field personnel. Um, got so, it. Okay. So if you're if you're dispatching, not necessarily, and sometimes your call center and dispatch, so you got to kind of separate that if, if that's if your call center is your dispatch. But certainly, if uh, you're if you're booking for one person, uh, one technician, so you're in sure. essence you're booking three to five calls depending on your service per day, maybe. Um, so if you have uh, ten people, that would be you know thirty to fifty calls uh, that you're yep. that you're responsible for booking, and an agent can handle that uh, load. So for us in our industry, you look at eight to 10 field personnel, one CSR agent. Okay, So and that's how we do it. With with dispatch, the ratio is a little higher because we're separating it. We can get away with uh, 14, 15 technicians per dispatcher uh, with a good dispatcher, right? uh, To be able to handle it because all the leads are already laid. Now, it's just a matter of of making sure you get the right text and the right call um, and doing that. In terms of scripting for the phones, it's not—it's not my strength. I haven't been—I haven't physically ju- uh, answered the phones in a long time, so I don't want to pretend okay. like I can it as well as the people in my call center. But we it's certainly okay. have a script that takes them through, and we—we we do use the platform. Uh, we've customized it, but through Next Star, which is you know our Better Business Practice group, or our training group within our in our in industry. But it really is the same no matter which industry you go to. It, or very there's there's similarities there. You know where you go through your steps. Uh, you know with with your greet and then. Obviously, they, they, they take them through, but there is a, a section in there, which I, which I will say, which introduces yeah. them into our services and asks for them to get on a, a, a service agreement. And for you in landscaping or pest control, I know service agreements are huge, you know, to get on residual yeah. recurring revenue streams. I encourage anyone in any business to figure out how you can get on a recurring stream, even if it's washing windows or power washing yeah. your house. There's a way to yeah. get in a recurring revenue stream. You just got to make it affordable once again, break it down into monthly payments. <laughs> and then you the customer to get on it, right? So you do that, and even if it's 399 a year, you break that down into 12 months, whatever. It's it's 2790 yep. a month or whatever it comes out to be. But I don't want to digress. But so the, we do have a process under <laughs> which all our CSRs go through. At our, at our company, yeah. we, we've got about, uh, give or take, between twenty-eight and 32 just strictly CSR agents. But as yeah. we are moving more to online booking, which is, which is, which is good, um, but yep. you still have some process there. We do have an outbound uh, team now. That uh, takes on all of the chat, takes on all of the uh, the, uh, the the you know scheduling that comes through our website through through Schedule Engine is the platform that we use uh, through our website yeah. to book those calls. We have seen an increase, so uh, we're we're up to almost 20 uh, plus percent of our calls are booked uh, through online booking. Uh, but wow. we're late to the party, and I'm not proud of it. Uh, we we were using <laughs> an, an antiquated system there, uh, not very uh, user friendly, not didn't really give them a, a, you know a variety of options to make it easy for them to book a a time slot, but we have since yeah. fixed that and, and it is growing uh, week over week now. And I, and I, and I, and I can see where this is heading. And my goal is to get to 50% plus online booking in the next 24 months.
1: Yeah,
2: because it really does let the customer sort of pick their own adventure, right? It lets them decide when you're going to arrive, when you're going to be there to do services and it fits within their lifestyle. You'll probably see an increase in sales too, because that customer has chosen that date and time. And it's on their calendar and they're focused on that, you know, tech. wants to talk to
0: anybody anymore.
2: Exactly. Well, queen of the queen of people down here, Martha is our best one that loves to not talk to people. She's convinced that if she has to pick up the phone and talk to somebody, it's no bueno. She wants to do business all online.
1: Um, And so do I.
2: So I totally get it. Um, Let's go through service plans because you mentioned that. And I have a lot of listeners that are a little bit resistant to that. Um, I was at someone's house yesterday, big house, lots of windows. And she said, I have to get my windows cleaned all the time. And I have no one that'll want to come because it's such a huge job. It takes two or three times to get it all done. And so I said, I wonder if there's somebody in our area that could do a service plan and like just quarterly, like take a side of her house. Right. Because it's so big. Um, so tell me, yeah, tell me about your service plans because on the website there's a few different options. Kind of break down what you sell currently so people can understand.
0: Okay, so we sell. So you talk about cross marketing and getting into other services for for almost 20 sure. years, all we sold was a, yeah, a heating and air conditioning. You know, uh, you know, a fall inspection, a spring inspection, or a heating or a cooling. However you want to look at it, it was just for heating and air conditioning. Sure. And then we're like, well, you know, this, this is just six years ago we we incorporated plumbing, and electrical into our service plan mm-hmm. meaning we'll do an electrical inspection. Everyone wants to make sure their electrical is safe in their house. You know, go around, check their smoke detectors, check their panel, et cetera. And then a plumbing inspection. Well, let me tell you, you, you throw in any add-on services onto your, your agreement, and, and, and you're talking about for pennies on the dollar, really it's free marketing because you already got the agreements anyway, and you're getting them from what you are doing. And you just cross-market inspections and all the, the down times and everything else, unbelievable growth, right? So, so 35% of our revenue, <laughs> comes from proactive sales on inspections, right? Got so it. we're not even okay. there for a service call. We're not there because they call us to do anything. We're there doing our routine checkup. And 35% yeah. of our 92 million comes in from proactive purchases on wow. non calls. Um, so whether you're and, and that would go the same for anyone's business if you're, if, if you get on a recurring. So you you have annuals and you have recurring where you where, where you have to renew each year on an annual or you go recurring either monthly or annual where you automatically charge that credit card or the bank monthly or annually depending on uh, uh, how you want to go to market i strongly suggest you go on recurring because the cost of renewal and the retention rate is so much better on a recurring it's like a gym membership you might be paid yeah. for seven years and you have gone four times yeah that's me right <laughs> that's me uh, uh, uh yeah. and i won't cancel it because i might start next month and canceling it tells me i'm a loser and i'm not going to get in shape so exactly I'm Get <laughs> so, exactly. on you know the recurring bandwagon of, 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 of making it affordable, We charge $13.95 a month, $13.95 a month, right? You know, you can say $14, doesn't matter, $13, $14. You can use the word $14. In that case, it's only two digits, right? So uh, a month, get them, on, get them on a recurring plan. There's all kinds of platforms for you to, to process that through PayPal or what have you, where you can get them on recurring. It's not complicated. Make a few phone yeah. calls. They'll set it up so you just load the, phone, the, the credit card number and then set in the parameters and every month it gets charged and you just have someone administrate that. You know, it's it's basically self-sufficient. So we we do recurring, Uh, we have uh, uh, um, 24,200 members but we actually cover 28,000 plus systems because some people have two units in a house, uh, two systems in a house. If anyone's out there, you know, whether you're doing pest control, I would get them on, I'm on recurring now with my pest control at my house, right? I pay 80 something dollars (laughs) quarterly. $90 $90 thing like that quarterly, I think it is. I don't even know what it exactly is because it was years ago, and I'm just on a recurring agreement, to my point. If I waited around yeah. for ants to show up every year, what if they didn't show up this year? I would never schedule a <laughs> control. But, exactly. n- but I, have or not, and I don't know if it works or not, but I know my wife's not uh, you know, complaining about insects all around the house, and that's yep. worth every penny for the $90 every quarter, right?
1: I um, love that, I love that. So
0: and- get, get on that agreement, but to your point, the house with the windows, Absolutely. Yeah. Bigger than you can handle in one bite, break it into four small bites, charge yeah. them a monthly fee, have it on an annual, and I'm going to come out every month and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and that includes yeah. this, and, and then charge them, I don't know, $800 a year. I don't know what that stuff costs. I'm just saying, yeah. I would go <laughs> in there with a payment say it's a low payment of forty-two sixty, dollars right? Yeah. To, that customer will pay it, right? Darius, you're
2: killing me. This is such good systemizing thinking, right? Systemization thinking because you're seeing the pain point in the customer and you're just applying a system to it, right? And to make it easier. So I love it. It it pushes all the buttons. It really does. Thank you so much. And and we kind of hit on people just a little bit because people make it all happen. And I'm going to pass you over to Martha. She's going to talk to you about your people. Thanks so, so much.
1: Thank (laughs) you. All right, Darius. Yeah, I was listening on, oh my gosh. I love scoreboards. Oh, my gosh. I love this. Yeah. Uh, But okay. so let's talk about because I know this is a pretty common problem for a lot of industries where you have a salesperson or that's your, you know, if you're smaller, that your salesperson is probably your office manager or whatever. But Let's say that you do have a scoreboard and you are saying, okay, we need to hit these numbers, blah, 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 blah. And then they're not hitting the numbers. What's your process with, when you get a salesperson in and they're not hitting the sales numbers, does it, does something happen like that first time? Or mm-hmm. it, I, I'd be interested to know Because sales, you know, in my mind, what if you don't have the leads? You know, what if it's a down week or whatever? So how do you watch and make sure that system works?
0: Okay. So number one, I'm not a big proponent for having sales guys that are also prospecting, meaning if you try to get sales guys that drive leads, it it will fail more often than it will win. And you're yeah. really taking away from focus on, I'm going to give you this opportunity that I'm paying for, and you better do something with it, right? So a sales guy's sole purpose is to convert, right? Now, granted, they're not converting. They're not doing very well, or they're underperforming. Yeah. And then you've got to peel that back and, and try to figure out why. Is, is it the sales guy? Meaning, you know, is it he's got something going on in his life, and, you know, he's distracted? Is he complacent? He had a good, you'll have that, where they have a good couple of weeks, they get all their bills paid, all of a sudden they become slugs. Uh, Because they've hit a threshold of complacency, because they've they've got their bills paid. Uh, So you know, there's a lot of different reasons why a a person doesn't perform. But sometimes it's just it's not a role fit for that person, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not motivated by money, if you're not motivated by having a better way of life, if you're not motivated by sending your kids to 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 to, to pay for their college, if you're not motivated by taking vacations and enjoying yourself, you're just complete. You're happy just living, staying home, doing nothing. Spending nothing, that's probably not a good sales guy. They often don't make good salespeople. Often there's an exception to that rule, but uh, but they're far from it. But the guy with the lifestyle where he likes to have fun, goes out on weekends, likes to travel, typically he's got a lifestyle, he's got to feed, and he's got to get out there and get hungry and he's got to produce, right? He's got he's gotta stay engaged. So to answer your question, we do have metrics for every 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 revenue generating position has to have metrics, right? You gotta have measure them by something. A minimum requirement to, to, to sustain your existence at this company, right? You have a role to play and if you're not playing your role what good are you to me right yeah. if your role is sales you have to bring in sales if mm-hmm. your role is service to the kitchen you've got to service our customers um, right. you know if your role is, is is a call center rep you've got to answer my phone and book my calls. so everyone's got a a, a certain uh, a requirement of what they need to be doing coach on the things that you think are happening obviously you've got to have those one-on-ones and sit down and figure out what's going on but ultimately week over week someone's not producing or month over month you got to switch roles and or, 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 or you got to move along. I mean, I hate to be that person, but that doesn't, it's hurting your business to take leads you're paying for and not convert them. Uh, right. You're hurting everybody in your company. And that's the philosophy that you have to come up with is you can't have everyone in your company carrying someone else's luggage, right? right. You can't get up the hill. So Ooh. everyone's got to carry their own backpack. And sometimes if you're really good, you can carry two backpacks. It doesn't mean that someone else doesn't need to carry their own. It just means you're better than the average. Um, and everyone has that role of accountability. So when we establish our core values, when we hire to our core values, when we talk about that, we we, we have that discussion when you're coming in, that so you have a responsibility here at FH4. and if you're coming in this role, this is your responsibility. Here's how you're going to be measured. And if you can't do this, unfortunately, we're going to have to part ways because you cannot become somebody else's problem, right? I can't have this guy required to sell twice as much because you can't sell the leads that you're running so now he has to double his conversion to make up and pay for the marketing costs of the leads that you're throwing away it just doesn't work that way it's not fair to my people it's not fair right. to everybody else and and everyone knows who these people are believe me they know who's dragging us down they know who's holding us back and you have yeah. got to get to a point where in your company culture you're not holding on to that cuz it's doing more detriment than good even if they're really good at what they do that goes yeah. for your, your 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 personality and certainly uh uh uh, how you go about in 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 in, in either your ambassador for the company it's okay to be neutral it's never okay to be a naysayer and and a a, you know pessimist and a negative negative nancy it's not okay uh right so we hire for 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 that and and we, we we spell out our core values we make sure we drill them and if you're not part of those core values don't even take the job we have no no we have no desire of employing you here at this company even for a position that's been open and vacant for you know six months i still will not take and i and i will say that time and time. i will not take someone that is not part of our core values uh, uh coming in you don't always know but coming in you get the vibe C- certainly if you if you if you do good referral calls and you and you do a, a roundabout way i usually on, on a high level positions i take those people out and get to know them out of the business so i can really see what their what their uh, personality is like but Core values is key. If you haven't defined them in your company, define them. Because if you don't define them, you don't know who you're hiring and why you're hiring them, except for performance. And that's not the only thing that's important, right? You've got to find good cultural fit uh, employees. And you've got to define what that is. Um, And most business owners don't know what that is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I definitely have questions. So um, when you're hiring somebody for sales, do you put them through any kind of personality assessment or anything like that
0: absolutely uh, nobody gets hired here in sales unless you go through a wonderlick assessment which is tests you for three things your cognitive ability how smart you are your personality uh, and your motivation what motivates you is it structure is it money is it enterprising is it uh, being creative and doing things with your hands uh, a wonderlick is what the NFL uses uh, for, for their players that's what I've been told anyway but it really it's not an end-all be-all but you, you you have your employees taking now not your existing employees because now they already know what you're looking for so they might answer the questions differently. But uh, a Wonderlink is an amazing tool. It, it tells you number one if someone can think through structure and process. Are they a critical thinker? So if you have a role that requires critical thinking and them doing things on their own and they score low on cognitive, your chances are are not good that they're going to find success there. There's exceptions, but you're you're rolling the dice. You're rolling yeah. the dice. If someone's not motivated by enterprising by money, putting them in sales. Yeah. It's going to be tough because what's motivating them every day? But you can still do good in sales if your motivation isn't money, but just you want to win. Because I've had that. Where I've got right. someone who could care less about money and doesn't even care about spending money or having anything nice. He just wants to win. No matter what, he wants to win, 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 win. And that's okay. That's a great motivating factor. I wake up every morning and I'm going to kick some ass. Right? That's that's a winner <laughs> to me. Doesn't It doesn't matter what. So that's a win. So you have a lot of people that are, that are motivated or not motivated by numbers. It'll tell you right there. You can't put them in an accounting role or a role that requires KPIs and numbers. They don't like numbers. It bores them and they don't get it. Right? They don't. They don't get how that comes together. So a wonderlic is what we use, and I and I preach, and I will never stop doing this. I'm telling you from the day that I from the, the, the day I leave this company, I became a trainer on color code, which is like this profiling, or, and then there's several others on personality assessments. Right? So everyone takes a wonderlick uh, sorry, not a wonder they do the Wonderlic, but they also do a color code assessment, which gets, puts you in one of four color ranges, tells me how you like to be communicated with, tells me what your strengths are, whether you're more likely to be extroverted, introverted, whether you're most likely to be rational or, you know, a critical thinker or more of a, of, 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 of a, you know, imaginary person. It tells me if you, uh, uh, you like to be dealt with straightforward or if you take things very personally and sensitive, tells me all of that. And it h- hits you. It is 95% accurate. I don't care what anyone says. I've trained over 400 or 500 people. I, 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 the whole company, every employee goes through my training. I went out and got certified. because I, I watched this at a, at a conference. I was like, holy crap, this thing figured me out. It's telling me why I'm effed up. It's telling me why I think the way I do and why I'm crazy the way I'm crazy. This is awesome, right? So Then I got to figure out like what I need to work on, what I need to stop doing, but more importantly, how to build better relationships with the people around me, by understanding how they want to be communicated by with right, so I learned that I know that she's a white, not a white person, but a white color code. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a blue, uh, 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 she's a red. I know already I can go to red and say, I need this done, done, done. I need it by tomorrow. Can you get to me by two o'clock? Yes, thank you. And I'm out, but you do that to a blue. Holy freak, how disrespectful! What about my time? Why would he speak to me like that? He doesn't have it. So I know all the colors, everyone knows everyone's colors. We post them in the whole company, right? Everyone knows everyone's colors. They go through the training. So if you address a blue that way and they're sensitive and you know that and you're going in there directly, shame on you. You knew that and you communicated not how they wanted to be communicate with, but how you wanted to communicate it. And that's not building good relationships, right? So yeah. we do that through the whole company. Everyone goes to that training. I host like one to two color code trainings per month, depending on how many new employees we have. And I do that personally. So absolutely love it. I'd love to do it for you all. You bring me in there. I'll, I'll, I'll do a color code and uh, you'll see the light. It's amazing stuff.
3: Okay, can we pause for the note taker? What was the first thing? Wonder? Wonder
1: Like yeah.
3: L-I-C-K,
1: wonder. Yeah, wonder
0: and then lick, L-I-C. L-I-C, yep. All right,
3: and then color code.
0: Color code. Wonder hiring is an amazing tool. I'm not saying don't hire someone because they didn't score really well, but at least you know what to feel back to ask about that section so that you can get a better feel for whether or not, you know, paper isn't everything, but it surely, it surely is a guideline and when someone scores a 10 cognitive, it's hard to do. It means you can't see pattern. you can't register critical thinking. And trust me, when you when you have that employee that you're trying to give projects to, and nothing ever gets done, and it doesn't get done the way you want it, chances are it's because they don't have the ability. And I don't care how hard you try, you can't yeah. fix cognitive issues. I won't use the other word that I want to use because it's disrespectful, but you can't fix. <laughs> Um, and uh, uh, confidence is one of them, to say it nicely, right?
1: That's great. That's great. Wow. You know, um, when you were talking about accountability and people, you know, that like your salespeople were letting down your field technicians if they didn't hit certain numbers, um, I, we ran monthly all hands on deck staff meetings and, and, I would have to report the number of leads that I brought in, and granted, I might hire these things out, but uh, the leads that we brought in for clients, and then also applicants, and then my my office manager, she had to report their sales conversion numbers, and then and and the staff, the field staff, knew what our minimums were. And then they were responsible for the client satisfaction score. So everybody had a score to hit. And it was good for me because I'm telling you, even though, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I was getting more if I hit my numbers, but for me to have to stand up and say, Okay, guys. I didn't. I mean, I would. I, I would scramble those last few days just so I sure. could. You know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I did it, and then you know I'd be like, "How about you?" You know. <laughs> but you don't uh, want to be
0: that person?
1: Yeah, yeah. To be that person. I, and if you're okay
0: being that person, you need to move along. Yeah. If you're okay <laughs> being last week in and week out or about bottom ten percent, uh, guess what? Right, the cream rises to the top. And realistically, yeah. you can't have someone that's okay with being mediocre.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not okay. Yeah. And it shouldn't right. be okay for anybody. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. So scoreboard, we heard a little bit about what you do for sales. Um, do you have a so- scoreboard for your field technicians?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, they, it, it, so part of our agenda for, for all field technicians come in once a week. Okay. And, uh, and, and they have an all-meeting for that team. And uh, all their numbers are projected for the team. And it's not to make the, the loser feel like a loser, but inevitably you're going to feel what you feel. You're at the bottom of the list. I can't just cut the list in half and say, it's okay. We we're, we're not running a participation a scenario here. So <laughs> yeah. if, if you happen to be at the bottom, I'm sorry, but do something about it. Right. I'm not going to point it out and say, hey, yo, in front of, in front of your peers, you're, you're, you're doing terrible. They already feel terrible, you don't need to do that. But the, right. but the reality is, is that we all play a role with our team and we are a team. And there are some people that are going to be doing better than others at all times. And it is important that the people that are helping us, if I'm having a down week, I hope my teammates carry the team and, have, and do well, even though I'm res- a little bit resentful because you know, they're making me look back and they're doing so well. At the same time, they're helping keep the lights on. They're helping families have work to do so they can pay their bills. They're helping our call reps have people to, to speak with and, and creating jobs, right? So ultimately I gotta think about it like that. And as a culture, yes, he's doing well, and I wanna kick his ass, but and, and, and I want to get a better, but thank goodness because he's helping get an install, and these three installers have a job today so they can make a, a living, so they can pay their bills, and my warehouse has a job to pull something off the floor so they can give that to them. And oftentimes we miss that point, right? Yeah. We have a responsibility to each other, and we have to we, we have to live up to that. And when we're not, it's not just about ourselves and our own families, it's everybody else's. Uh, The people around me and their families, right? We have to take care of each other. And so, if someone's having a down week, hey, no problem, I got this. But you know, next week, put in a little extra effort. Let's get it going. Now, if you're that guy that's always dragging us down, let's be real. That 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 is just someone that 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 is probably going to be the 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 wheelbarrow you're trying to push up that hill all the time, and that's just not fair to anybody to have to push that wheelbarrow.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in showing. Everything and I talk to a lot of people and they're like, Well, you don't show the bad. And I'm like, Yeah, I mean, we're gonna show everything, and uh it and, and the way I look at it is so that person, if they're not performing at the level that other people are, they have a choice. I mean,
0: what are you they, doing about it?
1: Yeah, they You're get to do
0: something or you you want to ride along, like that's what I say, Well, that's not fair. I could what have you done about it? Are you taking yeah. any online classes? Have you come to me to ask me that you would like to, to, this to assist you? Are you asking to ride along with those producers, and are they turning you down? Right? No. Yeah. If you want to ride along with the, if you want to be the best, you got to learn from the best. You're not even yeah. starting to learn from the best because you're so into yourself and what you're doing. You're refusing to 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 let your you know put your arrogance down and your ego down and learn something. How often do you find that the the person struggling the most? volunteers to go and ride with the person that's doing the best it's very rare it's right. extremely rare and it's rare because of ego so as a, as a leader you've got to you got to and say listen ego's out the door we're all in it to win it we win together right. or we lose together it's mm-hmm. all together to you. if yeah. you have someone that's doing something better than you don't just pond it off that they get better leads and they're getting better fed they're better than you man get to get with the program right on a field of play on any football game there are people that there's there's a hierarchy of talent, right? And, and, and they can measure that. It, it, it's not, salespeople's no different. Yeah, you might have a little luck here, a little bad luck there, but all in all, your skills are your skills. And the only way to get better is to, is to reach out and learn uh, from the people that do it better than you. And I encourage anyone that's listening, you got someone that's struggling, challenge them to go learn with someone that does it better. Right. see how they react to that. And that's how you know if they really want to learn or if they're just bitching. Right? Yeah. Um,
3: about her whining about it. Yeah. I feel like that's the perfect segue to homework. Perfect. It is. It totally is. Okay. So Darius, you can, you can give homework at the end if you want, you don't have to, but uh, what makes us different than most podcasts is we don't want you to just be a learner. We want you to be a doer. We want you to execute on the information. If you're sitting there feeling pumped up and inspired by what you just learned today, We want you to do something about it, do one thing. So usually there's four areas of business that we cover on a given week. We offer four to five different homework assignments. We only want you to do one. Do not do all four, do not do all five. That's impossible, (laughs) you're setting yourself up to fail. If you do one a week, you will move the needle forward in your business and it will make listening to this podcast worth your while. So we're going to challenge you based on what we heard today, what we think would be a good homework assignment. And you're going to choose one and actually do it before next week's episode. That's the goal. All right, Michelle, you want to give some marketing Yes,
2: for marketing, I absolutely love your idea of inserting the customer into your marketing. So I heard you just ask people to either sing the jingle, do a video, do a screenshot, do a picture of their kids with the cookies, something. And so I'm going to encourage every business owner to just ask that question. As you close the job out after they've paid, just ask, say, hey, if you had a great experience with our company, which I see that you did. Send us something really fun from your family. We want to include you in part of our effort to reach more people in the community. So asking the question, I think, is probably the hardest part. And I'm going to encourage every business owner to do that. Start asking for that feedback and that essentially marketing information back so that you can share it with the rest of your potential customers. So that's my marketing homework for Tay, ask.
3: Okay, and mine just got super complicated in my head. So I hope it comes out better (laughs) in words than it is going in my brain. But I would like to show you the numbers and the power of being good at sales. So most of the people listening to the show know what their average ticket is. I hope you know what your average ticket is. And most of the people listening to the show know what their current conversion rate is. I would like you to do some math on if you were to increase your conversion rate by, I heard 10%. That's what I heard today. If you increase your conversion rate by 10%, how many more dollars is that going into the business every single day, week, month, year? I think that's a huge number, 10%. It's very achievable. And we learned today that all you have to do is stop saying hundreds and thousands. It's <laughs> in very simple, two, two part words. What a and, you can really add a lot to your pocketbook. So why I want you to do the math is because I think math's the path and it will inspire you because money is really fun as an owner to see how you can make more money. So a 10% increase in your conversion rate by just refining your sales process. That is your finance homework this week.
2: Ooh. And your systems homework this week is to look at recurring services in your business, no matter what business you have. I have a recurring service in pink collars. We provide office help and CSRs remotely for people. I forgot to mention that at the beginning, but I do that. And I'm thinking already of some of the additional things we could be adding. I had one of our team members make this incredible marketing document for one of our clients the other day. I was blown away. She just came up with it. So I'm going to think about that. And I want every other business owner to think about how can you add something really awesome from a team member or something that's emerging as a pain point with your clients and add that as a recurring service and put those people on autopilot and cha-ching, get their money every month as a recurring revenue stream. So that's your systems homework this week.
1: All right. And your people homework is going to be what scoreboards do you have? So you really should have a scoreboard for the management team. Uh, Most of our listeners, management slash sales are together. So uh, I'm going to say management team. If you have a sales team, that's awesome. They should have separate metrics. And then what's your scoreboard for your field staff? And um, anyway, just whatever the scoreboard is, they have to be able to see it every day and know exactly where they're oh, yeah. at every day.
2: <laughs> I
1: and love then,
0: that. Darius, do you have any? Oh, so mine would be a, a multi-step, but, it, but but I think the uh, defining your core values is, 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 is basically embodies where you want to go and, and and who you hire and and the and then be able to rate the people you have. So i would say uh meet with your 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 your, your team and if it's uh, you know if, you're, if you have four managers three managers whatever it is your your management team sit down in a room and just for this week list out uh, you know 30 40 things as people shout it out and put it on a whiteboard or what have you of things that should embody your your core values where it's being eager to learn which is one of ours or owning your zone which is also One of ours right or further together which is teamwork is is another one of ours so whatever it is what 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 do you want what would you love for all of your people to represent in your company and have your people make that decision just just throw up 30 40 ideas so you have a start of what you and and then obviously you'll narrow that down in the weeks to come as 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 subsequent uh uh, meetings until you get to three four or five that you can work with and 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 identify that because once you do it makes a big difference for everyone to know what they're supposed to embody at your company. And as you grow and, and scale, it's gonna be more and more important for you going to that next level. So just something so I can start working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Super so good. good, super good. Well, yeah. awesome everybody. Thank you for joining us. We always end the episode with a quote. So I found one while we were talking Darius and it is care enough to create value for your customers. If you get that part right, then selling is easy by Anthony Iannarino, that last name is crazy. Um, But I love the part that it says selling is easy and I hope that covers everything for today. Thank you all for joining us. And Darius, I'm gonna be looking for your trucks and singing the jingle.
1: The and entire you know, rest of the always,
0: week. You can always visit us too, right? I mean, we're, we're here. I
3: know. I, I, I need, need to get in the car. i want to come visit both of you. Oh, okay. We'll let's do it. it. I'll come with I'll you. I'll out. come with you. I love,
0: okay,
2: know
3: um, I love if, it. If, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that?
0: Uh, LinkedIn, which is the only uh, purpose for my LinkedIn. I don't keep it updated. Yep. It's just a way to get <laughs> hold of me. Okay. Um, and that's that's going to be the easiest. Email through LinkedIn. is the best.
3: Perfect. Fantastic. Perfect. And friendly reminder to our listeners we have Rockstar Admin training up coming up March 9th through 11th in Nashville, Tennessee. If you are interested in elevating your CSRs to become uh, better salespeople and better mm-hmm. admins, uh, please join us. Uh, the website is the Rockstar Admin dot com yep we'll put it in the comments yeah (laughs) that's not a jingle we'll work on it (laughs)
2: okay we need a jingle exactly thanks so much everybody and have a great
1: day Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business.
1: Fight Club for Business.